Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 103. Chris, did you know that 103 is a happy number? Oh, why, why is it a happy number? It's, it's uh, well, <laughs> funny you should ask. It's a happy number because if you take uh, recursively the sum of the squares of each of its digits, it ends up at one. And if a number, you go through the process and it doesn't end up at one, it is a sad or unhappy number. Interesting. Yes. So one squared is one plus zero squared is zero plus three squared is nine. Uh, so one plus zero plus nine is 10. And then one squared is one plus zero squared is zero is one. So it lands on one. So that's a, it's a happy number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the appropriate response. Yeah. <laughs> Will you ever need this information? Probably not. No. Right. But I wonder you how, know it now. How many numbers are not happy numbers? Like what is another number you can end on? where the sum of squares uh, four is an unhappy number if you take okay. four squared uh it's 16 and then one squared is one plus six squared is 36 so it's one plus 36 is 37 is that yeah. right and then, then you have three to going right it i may have done something wrong i know i know four loops back around to four oh and okay. so it's, it's just it a must loop. end up at four again okay. right right so it. It, it doesn't go to one but once you're at sense. one you just you stay at one and that's a happy number okay oh that 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 makes more sense then because you can be happy because you're done otherwise you loop forever and then you're on yeah <laughs> there's, there's a good message in there <laughs> um <laughs> interesting how did this last week go for you what did you get up to uh it went pretty well uh the gravity wave competition ended and we got third place third place congratulations yeah, that's pretty good um we we were at like ninth or tenth i think when we talked last um it turns out though i don't know if i talked about this live on the podcast but we suspected some people in the uh leaderboard of cheating yeah uh, yeah and they were and they got kicked out of the competition a lot of people from uh, it turned out it was just one person okay uh who had but it was four, one person with multiple four different accounts, accounts i think you said yeah. yeah okay so they all got kicked out um and so that brought us up several places so it was looking like fifth or sixth maybe mm -hmm. um but then right in the last like day or two days, we found a data leak, which we were able to use to get bumped up a couple more places. Gotcha. So. Okay. And this is the data leak we were talking about last time. So what, what was that data leak? Yeah. So we knew it existed. We just didn't know how to use it. And what yeah. was unique is we figured out how to use it. So um, the gravity wave competition had a lot of simulated data, but they also had some real world data. Mm -hmm. But on top of the real world data, they put some signals. Um, like fake signals because or simulated signals well the real data exists out in the world um mm. it does not exist in a format that is easy to use but mm. it exists in a format that is possible to use and you know you can use it per the rules of the competition mm. so we had to go find it and then we had to figure out how to use it and then they actually changed it they shifted it up and down a few hertz and they shifted it around in time and mm. so we had to figure all of that out but once we did we were able to get just enough like we didn't solve all of the like we with more time we could have gone further with the leak mm -hmm. but we solved enough to bump us up a, a couple more places so got third gotcha. that feels against the spirit of the competition but i guess part of kaggle is like you you just <laughs> by whatever means necessary you, you get a higher place yeah data leaks are always uh unsatisfactory <laughs> like mm -hmm. yeah yeah and at least we weren't like it's not like we were 100th place and we found a leak and got the third you know we were fifth right, and right. the third so right I think that's okay. Yeah, but, um, I'll take it. If that, that's what everyone else is doing, right? Um, yeah. And also, yeah, it's it's not, I mean, it's explicit that you can, if you find them, you can use them, right? Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, that's sometimes part of the game. So, It feels like you're a sort of 
adversarial AI who's given a task. Oh, I'm reminded of a, uh, th there were there were two AIs that were pitted against each other to play hide and seek in this arena. And so the, the hiding ones, their loss function was like, how well can you hide? And the seeking ones, it was like, how well can you find them and how quickly can you find them? And I don't remember if it was the, I, th I think it was the hiders. The hiders figured out a, a glitch in the physics engine that was running the simulation that would shoot them outside of the arena so they would just never get found <laughs> and like yeah dude you, yeah. you did the thing like uh, you haven't solved the problem i wanted you to solve but uh it, it's sort of like the mythos of the the gin that like you you ask it for something that you want or, oh or the the monkey paw monkey story paw. from yeah 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 that like you got to be real specific and in, in exactly what you want because it's going to give you exactly what you ask for but it's yeah. it's probably not what you're uh, what you're actually looking for um like the, I think the the first thing that happens in the monkey paw story is, uh, the the couple asks for like four hundred gold pieces or something, and the next day they find out that their son died, and uh, as retribution from the company that he died, they give them exactly four hundred gold pieces, and they're like, oh, this is terrible, <laughs> but I guess this is what we wanted, and then it gets much more horrifying from there. Um, that's a Lovecraft, I think. Is that right? Uh, I don't remember, but yeah, that's. Okay. The I was cautionary just tale. The yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. AI so, is definitely like that. Like, you you will get exactly what you ask it for, and so yeah, yeah with this sort of AI competition, you'll you'll get good at the you know good training set uh, or sorry good test set scores, which may or may not be actually solving the problem you want to solve. Yes. Yeah. And the people running this competition is the same sort of deal. Like they're asking you to solve, you know, get minimize your your loss function uh, in the score at the end. And gosh darn it, you're gonna do it. Like you'll you'll find the data leaks, and you'll uh, fit probably not the what they were looking for, but uh, you you will solve that problem. Uh, cool, that's so exciting. You have one more gold to win before you are officially a Kaggle Grandmaster. That's I exciting. Do. Yeah, one more gold. Uh, so I immediately went looking for the next competition. Um, although I'm also my master's class is starting up again, so I'm doing mm. advanced linear algebra. Um, I never took regular linear algebra <laughs> oh no <laughs> so i think it's okay because through all this machine learning stuff i've been exposed to enough of the concepts mm. that uh i feel like I, I i have enough of a basis that i'm okay but um, yeah it is a proofs heavy math course which i is my mm. least favorite uh, but i've also heard it's a really good course so we'll see <laughs> it might be a lot of work yeah i can see doing the proofs really cementing your your base level understanding of that um, this is something Sarah and I talk about all the time that when she was studying abroad in Italy and Spain, she felt like it was, it, it, their, their curriculum there in math and science is much more proof based. And she felt like she got a much more solid, uh, understanding of what the, the core things were. So like we were, we were talking about integrals the other day and when I was learning integrals, I sort of just memorized them for the test and then forgot about them. But she had to like rigorously understand them from first principles and, mm -hmm. uh, be able to prove that she could understand them in arbitrary context and uh, i was just like oh yeah this is okay <laughs> pattern matching like this formula sort of like how uh chat does math <laughs> that's that's how i learned how to do math yeah uh so yeah that's cool this I, I see this being in line with the whole point of this master's program of understanding things at a deeper level and being able to understand uh like deeper levels how how machine learning is working that's exciting yeah and forcing me to do it because like i'm not going to go through an entire advanced uh, advanced linear algebra curriculum myself yeah so yeah. this is a forcing function for me to actually do the work yeah i'm curious about something here because once you finish this master's program i think you have a, a year ish left 
Uh, I have five classes left, so however long that takes me. Okay. Um, if I keep doing just one a quarter, it'll take me two years, two okay. and a half years. Right? Okay. <laughs> so, so in two years, what's the plan? Um, maybe nothing. Okay. <laughs> Which sounds super weird. Like people are like most people take a master's for an end goal. Um, right. I took it because it was interesting and inexpensive enough that I, I just wanted to do it. Uh, sure. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a really good bet, especially with GBT stuff entering the public sphere of like, I, I think everybody's much more excited about uh, ML than they have been in the last several years. We have an actual magical application of it that, that we can be using. And this is the thing that you're studying that you're good at. If someone came to you and was like, hey, we want chat GPT, but for this thing with, with this slightly tweaked um, with a master's and even just now in the position you're in doing Kaggle competitions and stuff. Um, you're in a very good position to, <laughs> excuse me, you're in a very good position to, um, help with that sort of problem. Yeah. And to be clear, like the, um, the masters gives me a more theoretical, like foundation for a lot of things. Um, it, if I really wanted to get the best, fastest, probably going like, you know, f like doing full-time cattle competitions or something like that is probably mm. more effective. Um, but this forces me to do some of the stuff that I wouldn't normally understand, like the advanced linear algebra. So mm. that's why I'm doing it. That makes sense. How is everything else going in your life? How's how's Google treating you? Yeah, I'm two, what, two and a half months or something in to uh, Google. Uh, I still feel very new. Um, mm. I'm still learning how all the pieces of everything fit together. Um, but that's okay. That's expected. Also, like joining at the end of a year is, I think we had talked about this before, it's kind of a good thing because you get to see like next year planning but it's also a weird time because like people are out for holidays and like mm. projects are sort of you know wrapping up the year and starting out and so like i feel like it's sort of a weird time to join because of that um mm. uh but starting to get back into the swing of it in january and uh things are things are moving forward so yeah i just have to it we were sort of talking about this before but like i am used to having more control over my time and mm. so it's it's not like you asked me if i was dissatisfied I, it's not that i'm dissatisfied or anything it's just different and i have to get used to it and so like hmm. i have a full-time job now and so i have to be careful if i'm starting an advanced linear algebra course that i don't also start a kaggle competition and then <laughs> find myself where i'm you know spending 80 hours a week doing all three of these things right like, i don't want to be in that position so i have to be more careful with the types of things that i do and in, in my time hmm. so just got to get used to that are you feeling uh itch to be doing personal projects like SAS stuff I think that's the that's the thing that I would be most fearful of going into a full-time position like that yeah uh not yet yeah <laughs> I'm cool I I felt happy uh leaving those behind for a while um Kaggle feels very much like personal projects and it's exactly the kind I like which is uh now that I'm, like now that I'm done with the gravity wave competition I get to throw all that code away if I want yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I don't I don't have any customers to support yeah um so for now that that feels very good um because my i mean my full-time job is now supporting you know users of the api and so that feels mm -hmm. very much like customer support also doing a lot of you know engineering type type uh stuff and so that that scratches that itch and then the kaggle stuff is like the the you know the wild west coding that i like doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so i sort of have all the little buckets of things that i like to be doing um sort of all of those itches being scratched so yeah i feel pretty good that's fantastic i'm I'm so happy for you i think this is uh a, a really good position for you to be in i know i i think we both um were 
concerned, uh, maybe maybe more so me. I, I think I was concerned about going and uh, working with Google, that that would be uh, stifling or like uh, would, would feel frustrating that it was part of this big organization. But it sounds like you're, you're really enjoying it. And uh, financially, uh, it's nice to be much more secure and be having a nice dependable paycheck coming in. And that's something I envy right now. Uh, it sounds really nice. And yeah, still, still getting all your other itches scratched and, and uh, sounds like you're, you're feeling overall very fulfilled professionally. Uh, yeah, and it, it won't always be that way, I'm sure. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, for right now, it's a nice change of pace from where I was. Sure. Yeah, it's still new. Um, still feels like you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm excited to keep hearing about it. I have several things that I would like your advice on in my life. Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, five things that I would like your advice on. Excellent. The first thing is getting more consulting work along the lines of feeling more scarce with money, a way that I can get money immediately, just like trading time for money right now is by doing consulting. I've done a few jobs. I have a valuable skill set. I know that I can get this sort of job, but every other job that I've done had sort of just fallen in my lap. It was like a friend was bugging me about like, hey, I have this thing that I think you'd be really good at doing and it's this really big problem and we'll pay you money for it. And I was like, oh, okay. And now that I'm (laughs) in this position where I would like to be ramping up to do more of that, uh, it feels a little spooky that I wasn't just immediately able to get jobs in and I don't like that. So one of the experiments that I did was I, I bought a Google ad for terms related to Firebase developer. And I hmm. made a landing page that was like, hey, I'm, I'm a developer, I'm really good at Firebase, uh, contact me uh, and I'll do some jobs for you. And I had that running for something like a month, uh, spent something like $400 on it. And the only lead that I got, I got a lot of clicks. I got you know something like 50 clicks on the site. and. The only lead that I actually got from it was a single person who ended up canceling the call who was just trying to solve a bug that they had in their app and I think just wanted it solved on the call for free. And so that's not the person I'm looking for. So I had a, a call with a, a friend yesterday about this and he was like, well, who who is your ideal customer? And I was thinking, well, it's someone who is running an established business who has an existing business practice that's making them money that's run on Airtable or Google Sheets or Excel or something, but they've outgrown that. There, there's some extra functionality that they have that they're bumping into the ceiling of this Google Sheet. And I realized in having this call with them that like that's not who I'm advertising for. They're not gonna be Googling for Firebase developer. They don't care what Firebase is. They have this problem of like outgrowing their Google Sheets. So I have, I have like a few other avenues that I'm exploring of, uh, like I, I still haven't sent an email out to my email list that I got back uh, asking if anyone from my email list would uh, be interested in me doing any work for them. I still haven't tweeted about this, uh, but I did like update LinkedIn and uh, I'm, I'm looking at adding myself to, uh, not looking at, I, I am adding myself to these websites where it's like a directory of developers with a particular skill set. And so I'm, I'm adding myself to those. Uh, but I think the core thing of what I'd like to talk about is this sort of Google ad problem. Like what what are the sorts of things that people might be Googling for that I'd be looking for? Because I think that also would solve this higher level problem of branding of like who who is the, what what's the pain that people, who, who is the person who I'm advertising to? What's the pain that they're experiencing? How are they expressing that pain? 
and then if I can make a Google ad to 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 uh, uh, resonate with them, well then I can also write a landing page for them, and I could also potentially have like SEO stuff and uh, other educational content. So, uh, what are your thoughts on like for the person who's outgrown uh, Airtable or Google Sheet? How how do I find more of those people? Okay, so a few things to unpack. A couple couple questions and a, a challenging or hopefully thought provoking comment. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll start with a comment. You, okay. you are approaching this from a marketing sort of, you know, scaling perspective first. Yeah. Um, uh, so keep that in the back of your head and I'll finish that comment later. Okay. My question is, what do you actually want? Do you, in terms of if you're looking at day-to-day -day actual work, do you want a client to pay you money to do a f small fixed project? Do you want an ongoing sort of client you can dip into every, you know, like, you know, at a quarter of your time or half your time or something? Do mm. you want multiple projects? Um, what, what is it you want? That's a very good question. I think what I want is a stream of work, either from the same client or from different clients, but it's like an automated system that they're coming in where I can spend about a week of time per month, week and a half, maybe two weeks sometimes, to be making roughly $5,000, I think. Okay. And doing doing work that I don't hate, doing work that is within this realm of probably like Firebase and, and web-based stuff. Okay. Um, then may I uh, humbly suggest that you're doing this all wrong. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the type of things that you're describing are fine, are great for products and are fine for agencies looking for a lot of work. Mm. Um, because once they get good at this sort of automated inbound, then they mm. can get a lot of work quickly. You don't want a lot of work. You want a little bit of work. Mm. Um, and you want very specific little bits of work mm -hmm. uh, from people willing to pay a lot of money. Uh, yes. people, people who have little bits of work willing to pay a lot of money for a spe specific skill set aren't randomly Googling for developers. Yes. Instead, they're doing things like uh, posting on the Hacker News jobs thread. They mm -hmm. are, you know, posting uh, job ads on their own website. Mm -hmm. um, they are in your, you know, in your Twitter feed, that type of thing. So um, I would suggest something that had worked pretty well for me in the past, which is you look for companies that are either startups with a lot of money or or slightly larger than that and have job ads or that have said they're hiring like on Twitter and you know you can reach the person doing the actual hiring so the hiring manager with a budget mm. and then you email them or you you know it, it can be in your network or it can be totally cold called you email them manually and you say you know I'm not looking for a job I can do this work you know I'm you know available a quarter to a half time per month mm -hmm. um don't even talk about rate at the beginning. Just say, you know, would you be interested in getting on a call and, and talking about that arrangement or something like that? Um, that's that's what I would do. And uh, it might take you 10 or 20 cold emails, but you'll find one or two clients. I can almost guarantee it. Um, and that's, I think, exactly what you want. Just a very small amount to, to begin with. Um, cool. Yeah. I, I don't want to make you feel bad about trying the other way first. Uh, it's just you're <laughs> thinking about this like in a scaling way, and you don't want to scale. You you yes. want You want a very limited thing. Yeah, you're totally right. I have been building up the skill set of like trying to think of building an engine of like yeah. where where the 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 end of that funnel is this thing that can ultimately uh, uh, infinitely scale. Like 
building a marketing engine for the video clipper that like I can just take, you know, a million people a day and it, that would lead to whatever 10% of those signing up. And yes, I can, I could support that today. Kind of, uh, I'm sure there would be a lot of problems, <laughs> like, right. but, but theoretically, uh, that, that could scale infinitely. And yeah, for what I'm looking for, for this project, uh, my time does not scale infinitely. I, this is, this is more just like mixing in. I want to, I want to be able to trade some of my time for money right now. Uh, so yeah, if I'm, if I'm doing more outbound, just looking for companies and startups with a lot of money that have job ads and then offering to them, like I, I can, you know, you can, you can have me on retainer for this many hours a week or something. Um, or I can, you know, finish this project for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. I'm reminded of a, uh, there's a local tech incubator called the, uh, Dallas wildcatters or the Texas wildcatters or something. Um, I think reaching out to them or seeing if they have a directory of uh, startups that they've invested in and uh, then seeing if any of those are hiring. And yeah, okay, that sounds good. How else would you look for companies that are hiring? Um, uh, if you if you do those things, you won't have to. You'll find okay. something. Um, I looked on the Hacker News job thread. I think I got four jobs from that real, like, this was back at a time when the market was a little more frothy. Right now, mm. it is a little cool. So maybe, mm. uh, maybe you will have to look more then. But but I think Firebase developers are still in high demand. Um, cool. uh, yeah. So so the Hacker News job threads. Um, uh, you could use Twitter search to look for you know hiring fire, hiring plus Firebase or something like that. Um, yeah. If none of that works, then you could do a tweet or something and say, you know, I'm open to, or you're on this podcast now. You have yeah. <laughs> some people listening. If anyone needs a Firebase developer for a quarter <laughs> yes. to half time a month, uh, you know where to find Christian. Um, yeah, but it, it'll become clear real fast mm. uh, based on the first few interactions. Um, what types of jobs you, what type of job ads you should be looking for mm. and, and where to find them, I think. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, to listeners of this podcast, not just Firebase, I think I'm, I'm trying to think of something I could specialize in. That's the that's oh. like the thing I'm best at. But also like anything in React, anything with Next.js. Uh, that's stuff I really enjoy doing. So this okay. brings up this brings up another good point too. When you go to these people, don't say I can do Firebase and React and Next.js. Uh, mm. Say like whatever the top level thing is in their job ad. Say I am good at this. Here is yes. evidence on this web page or whatever of yeah, why yeah. I'm good at this. Uh, yeah. And tailor each application for them, like figure out, yeah. invest some exactly. time in learning about the company. And yeah. Okay. Okay. Even That's if you do lots play. of things, even if you do lots of different things, be specialized for the, the person that you're talking yes. to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a little spooky. Cause like, I, I, Oh, I just, I think I just half expected that as soon as I hung my sign up, I just had people roll it in and not seeing that as, as uh, I don't like that. It's it's not that it's not that it won't work. It's that um, yeah. So you're right that you know you maybe weren't targeting quite the right people. Yeah. Also, the, the people that tend to Google like that or like go on especially these freelancer websites or stuff, they want to pay five hundred bucks for a clone of Facebook or a hundred bucks yeah, yeah. for you know a clone of Twitter or whatever. It, it's just not the type of customer that you want either. Yeah. Um, you want the type of customer who has money yep. and a job ad, and it's not a giant company either. G uh, giant companies are not good to go after with this approach. Mm -hmm. They you won't get a response. So smallish companies. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm wondering if there would be a tactic of like finding local non-tech businesses and just asking them if they need software. Like if I went to a local like 
mechanic or like a local i don't know a and local mechanic like, hey. is the type type of person who wants to pay 100 bucks for a website you yeah. want someone willing to pay five thousand dollars for you to simplify this function right right it's, it's got to be the type of business that has like a, like a law office or something that has a process where they have to do a certain thing or someone who might be excited about chat gpt also who's like ah if only we could get someone in here who could like integrate chat gpt with this excel based system that we have right now i'm not sure who that would be yeah you're still thinking like a product not like a consultant <laughs> so, okay <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna beat this drum until you, if you want to do consulting uh yeah. do consulting yeah. um yeah if you want to build another product then sure those are great ideas um and consulting would be like just find people who are listing a job that meets the description of something i could do find a company with six other firebase developers who needs another quarter of a firebase developer yes don't try to teach them anything don't try to change their tech yes they're already using the work yeah just do the work yeah okay exactly okay (laughs) cool yeah thank you i'm sure we'll have a few more back and forth about this but uh yeah yeah. it's okay I thought the same types of things when I got started in consulting. Um, mm. But after doing it for a few years, you learn what works. And this is what works. You go to the place that's already doing the thing that you're, do- that you're good at. And you yeah. say, I can do that thing. And they say, okay, here's some money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Hacker News, uh, who's hiring as is, uh, that's something I can yeah. get on right now. Actually, I can look at the one from uh, posted probably 11 days ago. Cool. Okay. Uh, four more things I want to talk about. Uh, the next is the video clipper update. I went on ChatGPT and I said, hey, ChatGPT, I have this website where you can upload your video and I can repurpose it for clips optimized for social media. Write me a email launch sequence that is advertising a 50% off discount if they sign up within 24 hours. And it did it. Gosh darn it. And <laughs> I was really impressed with it at first. I think because I was feeling a mental block of like, how do I write an email launch sequence? Mm. And as soon as it did it, I thought, wow, how amazing that it was able to do this thing that I thought was so difficult. This thing is so much smarter than me. But then in reading them, I realized, oh, well, no, I I would like this thing changed about it, like the way that it it described it as a website, and I want to describe it as a a web-based video editor. And the way it did each email is sort of formulaic and feels kind of smarmy. So, okay, actually, I'm going to change, like, what the offering is and and be a little bit more personal. And by the end of it, I'd, I'd totally rewritten, like, the entire body of each of the emails. But my gosh, was it effective to just get a first bad draft that then I could, I'm not starting from scratch. I can go in and there's the template set up and, you know, there were three emails and it had all the, the necessary pieces that were there. And it did have some customization of, of uh, you know, that tailored to, to my website. So yeah, that felt, that felt really good. Uh, the current plan is to launch on January 24th at 9 a.m. Central. I'm going to offer 50% off for 24 hours if you sign up. And then if you, if someone signs up like for a, a yearly plan, you get, that amount off for the entire year but if you sign up for a monthly plan it's it's good for uh the next six months and i have a whole timeline of development of what the, the next features are that i'm working on uh right now it's I'm, I'm launching it pretty bare bones it's you know you, you can upload a video you can highlight your transcript to make a clip you can download that in a square format you can edit the colors uh at launch, I don't think you'll even be able to edit the font, but that's one of the things coming up real soon. So I'm hoping the calculation that people make who are on the email list is like, well, I'm buying it now and it's like roughly worth the value Then I, I can't like, it, it's not, it's not, there's something about this that's that's a little frictiony that I, I can't quite use. But uh, for all the people that sign up, I'm going to be 
methodical about asking them like, okay, what, what do you need to make this part of your workflow? Um, and if the top thing people say is like, I really need to be able to edit the font. I'm like, great. Okay. That's, that's the next thing I'm going to work on. Um, yes, I think I'll pause there. I have, I have one more thing I want to talk about, but when, what's your take on the, on the launch plan? Cool. Yeah. That, um, this, this whole, like getting chat GPT to do it, uh, badly is exactly what you did when, or what I did when I had you build me a Google ad. Uh, yes, yes, yes. You, yeah, you did it and it wasn't working. So I changed it. And by the end yeah. I totally changed it, but at least yeah. it was done. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, uh, just like co-working, it is sad how well this works to get a, a bad draft first and then you can change it. Um, yeah. So that's really cool. And that's also, I think, exactly what ChatGPT is like good for is getting, mm. you know, a bad draft done first um, and then you're going to change it anyway. It's not like you want to use the exact output from ChatGPT, um, mm. but it gives you sort of a, a bare bones outline that you can then go in and, and change things around. And so uh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, also, the, the launch plan sounds good. Um, I think there's a few good launch videos in the microconf like archives that you could mm. watch if you want to like um, get more advice about any specific thing. I think there's one about email sequences that I remember. Um, might be something else that I'm not quite remembering, but maybe search that those the video archives for that uh, or, or your notes, right? That's why you wrote notes. Um, yeah, but otherwise, sounds sounds good. Cool. I will check those launch videos. Uh, good to have your information also. That, that sounds good. Uh, and then the the second thing I think I'm thinking about for the video clipper is working on marketing channels, working on a sustainable way that I can be getting new customers. Uh, one of those I think for sure is going to be SEO. I think SEO probably makes the most sense for most types of SaaS businesses. Uh, so I, I can write an article for each of these clusters of categories of things that people are Googling for. So one of them is going to be like how to clip video or like how to make a, a clip for social media, how to add captions to videos, closed versus open uh, captions. And I also want to do an article about why audiograms suck. I am fully convinced that audiograms going from just audio to video is a terrible idea. And uh, I think I can be pretty controversial with that. And I think I can like post it on Reddit or Hacker News and maybe get some engagement with that. Because there are companies that like just do audiograms. Uh, yeah. And I think they're a terrible idea. And I'd like to write an essay about why I think that. Another post I want to do is like a skyscraper post of what you did for Acorn Chat. I've done so much competitor research in this space. So I know probably close to 80% of the total number of ways that you could get something like this done. Uh, so I'd like to write a post uh, that's vulnerably saying like, hey, I'm in this relatively competitive market space here's all the different options and here's the three choices to make of uh you know where to where to uh how to choose which offering to do so one of those is going to be like if your media is audio only don't use my thing use one of these audiogram makers and by the way audiograms are terrible <laughs> you should probably do video <laughs> instead and here's my link to the article about why audiograms suck um and then another one, another choice might be like, what's your source of video? If it's something like, uh, oh, what's that live streaming? Not Discord. There's a live streaming thing for games. Twitch? It's not OBS. Twitch, yeah. If, if, if your source of videos is Twitch, there's actually this app to make clips specifically from Twitch and they're optimized for Twitch. So like you should use that if you're if you're using Twitch. And then from that, I can filter out like, okay, if, if you've met these three criteria, then I think you should use my thing. My thing is, is the best thing for you. Um, and so that's that's one channel doing SEO, and then from that I think there's articles that I could I, I feel like I could authentically post on places like Reddit or or things like that. 
Um, the second marketing channel that I feel like has the most promise is trying to do more cold outreach from people who I know are YouTubers. Uh, so a source of that is peers that I have in the part-time YouTuber Academy going through the, there's a, a community of people there and like you can see people's YouTube channels and I think there's a way to, to get people's emails. And um, I would like to develop a method of like, taking a YouTube channel, validating if it's the sort of YouTube channel that I think would be a good fit for this. And then doing some really basic customization of like figuring out what their brand colors are, finding a recent YouTube video that they published, making a clip of it, and then sending it to them on email or, or through PTYA or, or however I'm able to contact them. And then what I would love is when they click on that link to see the clip that I made for them, they have a one button like, hey, if you like this, you can sign up for it right now. And I automatically import the video that I already made for them with the theming. Um, and I think the game with both of those is to follow this traction method of like roughly figure out how much it costs to do this thing and then figure out what the conversion rate is from it and then double down on the thing that is doing better. And I don't know that I have a third market. The, the book says to do this with three marketing channels at the same time for a month. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure what the third way of getting customers might be. Uh, uh, you could run yeah. ads to your the like the skyscraper post and stuff. Yeah, I could do paid ads. That would be a good one. That would be like That's easy to measure too. Yeah, and that'd be like doubling up on your work. Um, yeah. yeah, I like that. But, but those two sound great. Um, also, the second one sounds like something. If you're doing it through the part-time YouTuber Academy, where you have some connection to them, I would do mm. it yourself at first. Um, mm. But it also sounds like the type of thing you could unleash an executive assistant on, right? Yeah, and, uh, you just. Go to all of YouTube and say, look for a bunch of channels here, find contact information, send right. this thing. Yeah. Especially now that I have some experience with the Google API, I like to think that I'd be able to do some sort of filtering of like, you know, look at every YouTube channel that's published in the last month. Look for channels who are publishing videos that are longer than, I don't know, 10 minutes, uh, who are not currently producing shorts maybe. I, I feel like the the top of this could be pretty well automated, and then yeah, I could I could just have a hopper of things to feed Rachel of like, you know, just the the only input she's doing is the customization of, uh, you know, maybe finding an interesting clip from the channel and then changing the colors to to match their brand colors, and then she's off to the next one. And if I could get that down to like, if if she could send out like one of those a minute, uh, I think that's my goal, and then. Yeah, I would love for that to be a sustainable source of, of finding new customers. Yeah. The other thing I might say, I keep thinking about is how Nathan Barry, I think there's a lot of similarities actually between ConvertKit and this thing. They're both from yeah, the yeah. creator realm. Um, if you do that, I think that's a good good way to do it, but you may want to do it vertical by vertical. So like, you know, mm. well, I don't know. Maybe you want to do a shotgun approach at first to see what verticals sort of bite a little bit and then mm -hmm. do more vertical focused um uh, because the, the reason is because if you get a few well-known people in a vertical using it then you can use their names ask permission but you can say this other well-known youtuber in your yep. vertical is using it um and then that sort of generates a buzz within a vertical because yeah. you know most say yeah uh, my wife's into crocheting right now most crocheting youtubers i think know each other you know yes. like, there's not that many of them so um I think Nathan Berry with ConvertKit did that with first he, he narrowed in on food bloggers and then it was like keto food bloggers and then I think it was like female keto food bloggers and then he, he had all of the people in that space uh, and then 
by the time he converted like the the eighth one he only had something like 20 customers but the feedback he got from the the eighth customer was like ah oh, everyone's using this tool <laughs> from yep. their perspective yes everyone was using that yep. yeah i'd love to i'd love to be in that sort of position and I, I think you're right that the tactic to get there is to do an explore exploit uh multi-armed bandit approach where first i just try everyone and then figure out who it's resonating with the most and then try to try to go after that segment cool okay um some parallels here too to the advice that you give about consulting where i think my base intuition is to try to do things that are going to infinitely scale like seo and mm -hmm. be this recurring thing and it is a viable tactic to just go after a single person doing more of a sales approach than a marketing approach and gosh if i could if i could get like you know through through just hustling if i could get one new customer every two days that would be meaningful like that's a that's a you know that the business would be growing at a, at a substantial rate so yeah that would feel good okay yeah thank you that's clear yeah i agree I, I also think it's in this case totally valid to focus on seo as well because seo especially is something where you wish you did it a year ago so yeah. the earlier you get on it you know even if it's not perfect right now at least you'll have done it yeah it's a long-term game it's also something that because of the nature of the things that i'm building like learning more about seo and practicing it is mm -hmm. not gonna not pay off right better understanding how to use keyword research tools and how to build content that's engaging for people and uh yeah i think i think that's gonna pay dividends and yeah that that ultimately would be a really good long-term play because how great is it if people are just for free trickling in and then converting that's the the position that i'd like to be in for all these things that i'm building cool i have three more things to talk about uh might need to pick up the pace a little bit, so I'll I'll try to be more succinct. Um, the self-authoring program is a project that I haven't talked about in months, but this, to, to remind uh, people listening, the self-authoring program is a journaling program by uh, written by Jordan Peterson and some of his colleagues. And yes, I know Jordan Peterson says some controversial things. Please put that aside. This is a very useful journaling program. Uh, it helps to clarify like what your goals are in life and he has this really interesting way of doing it of like you you go through a bunch of different areas of your life and talk about ways that you might like to improve your life and then for for each of those things you kind of narrow down like okay well health you know write a, write a story about your your ideal health uh situation if if you know everything you wanted if, if you got it what would that look like so you go through and you and you journal you write a story about like well i would wake up early in the morning and i would feel uh, refreshed and awake and i might go for a little walk and i would come back and drink water and uh, you know oh this would be so great and and then it asks you to write about like how would this benefit you and how would it benefit the people around you so then you think oh my gosh well you know i would feel so much better and i'd be able to get so much more work done and uh, the people around me would be interacting with a better version of me, so that'd be better. And so it's it's sort of made this as optimally tantalizing as possible. And then it says, okay, what if you didn't do this? What if you did like the opposite of this? Well, what would that look like? Well, you know, I would sleep until noon and I wouldn't get anything done and I would feel terrible and I'd be really snappy with people. So now that you have these two diametrically opposing, like you have the, the ultimate carrot and the ultimate stick, it's maximally motivating to, to move in that direction. And it has you go through this exercise with with multiple uh, multiple different things. And that's, that's just one aspect of this journaling program. It's four different uh, dimensions. One of them helps you like deal with past trauma. I think it's really good. It's, it's uh, an, a, a program that has really benefited me in my own life and uh, I think is probably of anything Jordan Peterson has done I think this is like one of the best things for helping individuals which uh, yeah I think it's very important and the website as it currently exists is terrible there's like this really baroque 
login system where you have to reset your password every time and it's like four different screens to go through it it doesn't make any sense and it's not mobile optimized and if you don't hit save it, your content is just lost like you have to <laughs> you have to hit there's no auto save button which that's terrible and then if it like automatically logs you out so if you've written a bunch of stuff and you haven't clicked save you just lose whatever you wrote that's awful and also just like the formatting of it the text is really small and it only works on desktop there's a, a bunch of things so i rewrote it because uh, I was frustrated, I was I was doing it again. Uh, I made it nice. I did it on React and Firebase, and uh, made this really nice app. And this was months ago, and I had this plan of writing a series of tweets about it, uh, saying what I did and doing like a teardown, and I never did it. And so I'd like to do that, uh, partially because I saw recently Jordan Peterson talking about how amazing ChatGPT was, and that's one of the things I'd like to build into the new version is like having having a computer assist you in summarizing the stream of consciousness information that you're saying. One of the elements of this is like when you're just brainstorming, when you're when you're doing the the explore part of the explore exploit and figuring out what to improve about your life. He says to just do stream of consciousness, like uh, as if you're in this dream state, just say whatever's on your mind. So I think that would be really good to feed into ChatGPT and be like, hey, can you extract the you know the, the actionable things from this? Can you summarize this? Um, so because he's that that's recently top of mind, I feel motivated to like actually publish this as a tweet. My current plan is to write out a series of tweets that's roughly of the format like, hey, there's this thing and here's who it's for, but it sucks. And here are the particular ways in which it sucks and here's how I fixed it. And I don't know, <laughs> here's the new one that I made. Uh, I, what am I struggling with? I think I, I, I'm not sure what the template of a teardown series of tweets uh, yeah. looks like. Yeah. So, hmm, what can I say about this? The, uh, I would go back to the question uh, of what what do you want out of writing after having written this tweet thread? Um, mm -hmm. Partly because I will caution you on two things. One, um, saying something sucks, here's a better version, uh, can work. Uh, it can also sound very presumptuous. For sure. <laughs> um, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing is, uh, while this this the self-authoring uh, program sounds like a great tool for things, uh, Jordan Peterson himself is extremely controversial, like we talked yes. about. And putting your name against his for anything will automatically yes. get you lumped into a lot of things. Yeah. That. Um, so you have to decide if you want that on your sort of public record, as it were. Yeah. Outside of this. this yeah. Thing. If I were you, <laughs> I'm not you. Uh, let's see. Well, I can tell you what I would do. I, I would either not do it. Okay. Or you can say something like, the self-authoring program has helped me be in these ways. Yep. Here is my implementation of it. I wouldn't even talk about Jordan Peterson, and I wouldn't okay. say his, I definitely wouldn't say his thing sucked. Okay. But that's just me. Uh, you, may, you might want different things out of it, and you may want to do something else. I don't know. Yeah. A way that I could not as closely associate this with my public identity which i agree there's there's some risk to uh and i don't i don't know if i want to do that yeah i don't i don't know a, a, a way around this would be like i just read a blog post about it and i post it on like the jordan peterson uh subreddit and i want to say that that would also accomplish my goal but i don't i'm not sure what my goal is i think i have this fantasy of like that i get contacted by someone working with jordan peterson and they're like ah let's hire you to work on this thing and build a new version and that i don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> yeah I, yeah i don't think that's gonna happen because it's not i mean it, his goal is to sell books right and right. so 
this doesn't help him sell books. Yeah, yeah. What is my goal here? What am I doing? Huh. I'll think about that, especially because you just outlined a whole bunch of work that you want to do for something that you think is going to make money and be a long-term bet. Yeah. Uh, and now you're being distracted by this thing, which is none of those I things. Sure am. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay, well... Maybe I'll table that for now because I don't know what my goal is with this. I don't know okay. what I'm trying to get And done. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying think about it. Think, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's clarifying. I think I got excited because he was talking about ChatGPT. Mm. And mm. yeah, I think I, I think I don't know why I'm doing this. Okay. Yeah. That, that feels like a good place to, to leave that. Uh, the next thing is File Inbox. I shipped new features on File Inbox this last week. Oh. I had someone contact me who called me on the phone and they, they called me on the phone I think like three months ago asking if I could set up an account for them and like if I could do an, an onboarding form for tax stuff and I was like yeah I can do that and so I got a call last week and they said hey we'd like to uh sign up for an account and I was like great you can just go to the website and they were like "Ooh, can we just can you just do it for us and I was like <laughs> yeah I could do that uh okay so I, I set up your account and you just log in and then you enter your credit card information and they're like "Ooh, can we just give you our credit card over the phone and I was like yeah, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> so I, just, I set up their account for them. Yeah, right. I like, built the form for them. And uh, part of, they, they sent me the form that they, they wanted me to implement and it was really long. Uh, and it involved, it, it had several form fields that I hadn't implemented yet, but mm. they were on my list to implement of uh, multi-select and single-select uh, uh, radio buttons and checkboxes. So I spent a day like actually pushing this forward and in the process I found this unrelated bug and so I fixed that bug, so that was good and they sign up for a hundred dollar a month plan like on the phone so that feels good and it's it's tax related so i think they're probably going to churn after tax season um, mm-hmm. and it was just a, a very unusual customer like I, I haven't gotten customers like this before who like are talking to me on the phone but uh i got stuff done and that felt good i hadn't touched the file inbox code base in a, a, a month or so so that, that felt good that's cool um it's great how fast stuff can happen when money is on the line right it's like oh yeah, you're gonna yeah. pay me sure do it um yeah it also like even though that was manual work it seems pretty sustainable and get a few more of those and you're making some good money yeah um yeah i would be very interested to track this customer because this can either go one of two ways uh yeah one they'll ask a whole bunch of questions and churn right after tax season yeah or two they just leave it on their credit card forever and like you know stay signed (laughs) up because like it sounds you know customers like that sometimes they just sign up and like do it the same way every year for years yeah uh so it'll be interesting to see what type of customer it is. Yeah. It will be interesting to see what kind of customer it is. Um, interacting with File Inbox reminded me that like this is another product. This is another thing that I can be pushing forward. I think I've been uh, heads down just thinking about the video clipper for a long time, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I was reminded that like this is still a thing. Like this serverless transition that's been haunting me for years, like <laughs> is still a thing on my to do list yeah. that I would like to do. And uh, so I think I'd just like to talk through what the next steps of that are uh like i've done several times in the past i think the serverless transition is pretty straightforward like i'm, I'm slowly onboarding people i have a, a stream of people that like anytime someone asks any sort of question of any sort of complexity i'm like oh hop on a call with me and i'll onboard you to the new system where that issue that we're talking about is is going to be fixed um so that feels good at, at some point i'm going to hit this critical mass of like okay i I'm, I'm dealing with right now 95 percent of the things people are asking for so i can start like moving people over without even asking them um and then they just log into a new place um what i'm struggling with a little bit more is the marketing plan i know seo is a good thing uh and i know that like 
the the gap in time from when I work on SEO to when I actually see the rewards is like two or three months after the fact, which feels demoralizing. But like now that I've seen that happen a few times, I, I feel like I better understand it. Um, I know that there are ways that I can be improving each of those videos. I can be like recording uh, uh, our, our, each of those pages. I can be recording videos for each page. So like on the page that's talking about Google Drive file requests, I can have a little video of like, hey, you're looking for a Google Drive file request. Here's how you do it on File Inbox. You, you do this and then this and then this. Um, I think also onboarding could be drastically improved. I, I feel like I have a really leaky funnel with people coming on. And if I'm uh, laser focused on just like, how do I, how do I as quickly as possible move someone from like, they've signed up to they're experiencing the value that they expected from this product. Um, I also have this other project of like sending files. Uh, I, I had someone in the, the bootstrap is community reach out to me who like had the problem of needing to send files securely uh, and receive files securely. And he, he walked me through like, this is the thing I was looking for. And this is why I couldn't use your product. Uh, Cause I, I didn't feel like it was secure. And I, I would want something that uh, had my custom branding and uh, <laughs> some really simple stuff, like letting me delete files after they're, uh, after they're sent. So that's a that's a, another project I can do. But I think I think I don't I don't feel very focused on that right now. I don't I don't feel like I know the highest yield work to be doing that would uh, be increasing MRR, which is a problem yeah. I've had for a long time. But uh, when, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, what are my thoughts? You, if you're planning to launch the video clipper in two weeks. Mm -hmm then file inbox sort of feels like a distraction, which is funny because that's what's actually making money right now. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I see that your energy is so much uh, more intense with the video clipper than file mm -hmm. inbox. Um, uh, are there... Hmm. The fir my first thought was like, so for SEO, like we just talked about how ChatGPT is great at getting first drafts of things. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe you could say, what three pages should I write for the, this website? And yeah. then you get the headlines and then you say, okay, write this article and it's a crap article, but then you go and rewrite it. Right. Um, and you could probably do one of those a day for the, you know, each of the days in this week and get three articles out and, you know, in three months you'll see stuff, you know, from that. Yeah. So like something like that, something, something that you can kind of put on the back burner. Um, the other thing is, uh, you asked about increasing MRR. You did that by signing up this one customer manually for a hundred bucks a month. Like yeah. that's, you know, good and instant results. And yeah. can you get more of those? I, I think, I don't know of a good way because they just so, sort of fell in your lap, but, yeah. um, that's the sort of thing I was experimenting with, with cold calling. Like, can I yeah. just, can I just call accounting businesses and be like, Hey, how do you get files? And do you want to use my thing instead? Yeah. And after going through, like I, I called, I called 50 people. Oh, wow. And I, got nothing i got like yeah. it was a yeah, hostile yeah, yeah. like i and i hated it i really did not like doing that and it might be that if i called 100 people i would get a customer but uh man it, it what, was tough one thing maybe you could do if you think your funnel is leaky and you are mm -hmm. getting people in the, your door instead of cold calling why don't you put several places you know book a call with me for free mm -hmm. to have me you know explain it this or set up an account or do a demo or whatever um and see if you get any hits on that. That's something you can kind of, you know, that'll take you an afternoon to implement. It'll, you know, yeah. be very passive and any stuff that comes in, you'll get at least interesting conversations out of it. Yeah. Okay. Worst case, you burn an afternoon doing, putting. Yeah. That's, that's something that I haven't woven into the, to file inbox. I have that in, in all my other stuff. Like you can book a call with me on the video clipper and, uh, from my website, the landing page for consulting, but yeah. I don't currently have a way for people to, to book a call with me on file inbox. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. 
That's what I do. Okay. That's a that's a that's an easy win. That's something I could do just like today. Yeah. Okay. I do that today and then forget about it uh, until the video clipper is launched. Cool. Okay. That sounds good. Writing a new landing page for the homepage also is, I think, something I could do for pretty minimal effort that would yield pretty good results. The landing page right now is sparse, and that's feedback that I've gotten a lot from a lot of people. I think that's mm. a, an obvious thing to improve. And just following a template of like, you know, you have the product screenshot, and then you have the headline and subheadline, and then below that you have the three core benefits, and then below that you have like, yeah. uh, there's a whole template of, of how to do that. I, yeah, I feel like I could fill out pretty. Yeah, easily. don't reinvent the wheel. Just get it done. Yeah. Uh, make a new landing page. Okay, those are two things that I feel like I could do pretty easily that would uh, push it forward substantially. Cool. Cool. Uh, last thing I'd like to talk about is uh, sort of catch-all bag of just like life stuff. I felt like I, for, for like the last week and a half, felt sort of like demotivated and not quite firing on all cylinders. And I'm just re-reminded that handling the basics, and the basics are like sleep and drink water and eat food and exercise and get sun and minimize dopamine addictive sites. Uh, and I've been doing that for the last few days and already seeing a market improvement. Uh, and it, it's, I, I feel like I'm spiraling up now versus just sort of like <laughs> sloshing through the mud. So yeah, I, I feel like I feel like if, if I were to get a tattoo, <laughs> I think it would just be like a, like a checklist on my hand. That's like those six things. Yeah. Um, oh, I found out recently about a, a temporary tattoo you can get that lasts a year. So it's like ink, but it's ink that's biodegradable or something. So your, your body eventually processes through it. So uh, if I were to get a tattoo, I, th I think that's the tattoo I would get. Because, man, I just, like one, once I find myself in that state where I feel less capable of doing stuff, and then, you know, I, I have the thought, ah, I should work out. I'm like, oh, but I don't want to because I'm too tired. Or, but like, <laughs> if you look at your arm, that's, that's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as a, as a reminder to me in the future and to anyone else listening to this, like if you're if you're feeling like you're not firing as uh, at your full capacity, uh, have you slept? If you haven't, take a nap right now. Uh, if you feel like you don't have time for it, you, you especially need, oh, meditating. Meditating is another mm -hmm. uh, one of those things, so, so seven things. Uh, and, you know, eat food. If you're eating junk, stop doing that. Eat, eat actual food. Get some meat and some vegetables and eat those. Uh, and drink water stop drinking anything else just drink water uh yeah so that that felt good uh i'll pause there because i have two completely unrelated things um, <laughs> um yeah I, I like the idea of a temporary tattoo of that uh, that's uh yeah but i think my wife looked into those because she she doesn't want a tattoo but she is mm. interested in them and uh so she's like oh they have this thing maybe i'll maybe i'll give it a try I'm like all right whatever um uh so yeah, I think they are much better than they used to be. So that'd be kind of neat. You can also get uh, Adam Savage sells one. Um, he he has tattooed on his arm as uh, like a ten inch ruler, and he uses it That's every cool. day because he's making stuff all day, right? So he yeah, just uses yeah. for for basic uh, calculations. Anyway, so they sell this like ten inch ruler that goes on your forearm, which is kind of funny. That's really cool. Um, like a temporary tattoo, like one of the yep. ones that you just you peel and stick on. That's really cool. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I, I think. Uh, you could probably sell those too, you know, if you got a bunch of them. It's Chris, like, stop it! Don't, don't get me distracted. No, I don't do that. <laughs> Eat, sleep, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I'm just having it like, you know, on my hand or like on my on my arm or something where I'm seeing it every day. Yeah. Uh, I specifically want it to be like open check boxes that then I can check yeah. off with some sort of a marker that's only going to last a day. Yeah, like a pen uh, or something. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when the time to sell it is? Uh, about three weeks ago or two weeks ago when people yeah, are making their yeah. New Year's resolutions. resolution stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think that's also what Reed brought up the self-authoring program for me because mm. I had I had uh, two friends independently uh, ask me about that because I think they're also in the mood of thinking about how they want to be improving their life and doing the the New Year's resolution stuff. Um, yeah, but I'm tabling that project. Okay, uh, two more things in this life category. I had the thought that, so, so right now uh, I, I struggle off and on with a, a YouTube addiction, but I still wanna be able to use YouTube because it's still such a valuable resource. Of, if, if there's something I'm trying to figure out how to do, my gosh, there's no better way to figure out that on YouTube. My, uh, my dad's cousin, no, my grandfather's cousin was joking with me about like, it doesn't just show you how to, you know, start your lawnmower, it shows you how to start the specific model of lawnmower mm. that you have right. and you can see three different videos of that lawnmower being started so uh yeah I, I can't block it out completely but uh it is something that i struggle with so one of the mechanisms mechanisms that i have for that is if i ever go to youtube.com i have it redirect me to uh, a site to meditate or i have it redirect me to another youtube video mm. and i had the thought yesterday like oh i have so many of these courses that i haven't finished that are these open loops i haven't finished the uh, ending videos for 30 by 500. I haven't finished the swipe files. I haven't even started the swipe files course actually. And uh, I enrolled in this course for chat GPT of like how to engineer prompts. And I got halfway through that and I wanna make sure that that's not just gonna drift off into space. And there's another course on uh, hrefs of how to do uh, SEO stuff. That's a, a really long series of videos. So this morning I realized, oh, I can just like, if I'm in the mood to watch videos, I can redirect myself from going to youtube.com to one of these courses and that would be so much better. So that's what I'm going to set up later today. Because uh, it has the intervention of like, instead of watching YouTube videos, meditate hasn't worked very well because that's those are very different things. Like that's a yeah. big step for me to take. But if it's okay, you want to watch some videos, you want to be entertained right now. How about we watch one of these videos that you've said in the past that you want to watch? That would feel much better. So I don't know yet if I'm going to do like randomly redirect me to one of those or Maybe it's a menu of, I have a page that's just the, the active courses that I'm currently taking. And when I go to youtube.com, it redirects me to that menu and then I can I can pick from one of those. Um, I'd like to add to that also like the, the crash course videos. Uh, I, those have been really interesting to watch and that I'm actually learning something. Yeah, uh, I, th I think we talked about this before and your plan was to make a Chrome extension that removed just all the divs that were suggested videos. Mm. And so if you go to youtube.com, it's just the search bar. Hmm. And then you were going to put new divs in with links to those things. Oh, I totally forgot about that. So you said you were going to do that before. <laughs> oh man, I just I just rehad that I that exact same yeah, idea yeah. this morning. It's a good okay. idea. Yeah, <laughs> that is a really good. Thank you so much for, for <laughs> shepherding that idea from the past me to, to current me. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly what I want to do. That's exactly <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> cool. I uh, I might get that done today. Uh, cool. Uh, last thing that I wanted to mention, I am going on a last minute climbing trip to El Pachara Chico in Mexico with my friend Luke, and I'm excited about it. It's going to be outdoor climbing. Uh, it's these multi-pitch, really long routes where like you climb up a little bit and then you anchor yourself to the wall right there. And then the other person climbs up to meet you and then they pass you to go another pitch. And then you can go like four or five pitches like that. And midway through you look down and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like a multiple hundreds of feet down. But uh, you know, we're strapped in with the gear, like this little tiny carabiner and this little strip of Dyneema. And <laughs> yep, uh, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really excited. That'll be a, a fun trip. 
That's cool. Is this one where you get to the top and then you can climb off the back or something, or do you have to rappel down when you're? Up the top? There will be multiple routes that we do, and some of them will be that you uh, climb off the back, and some of them will be that you uh, rappel down. And rappelling is so fun because you you're just zipping down like these routes that it took you, you know, uh, an hour to get up. Yeah. Now you can just zip down in like twenty seconds. Uh, yeah, rappelling is a lot of fun. How do you? Can you get your carabiners back when you rappel down? Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine if you just had to like buy just, dozens of carabiners? Yeah, yeah. Like, like how, how does that work? Yeah, so so uh, the type of climbing that I do is uh, called sport climbing, which is looked down upon by trad climbers, uh, short for traditional climbers. In trad climbing, you have gear like nuts and like these, uh, uh, they're called cams. It's like this, this complicated metal thing that... Uh, springs out and then you, you pull a lever and then it goes in and then you stick that in a crack in the wall and then you let go of it and, and it springs back out. So when you're doing that, the the system is that you, like the first person's climbing up and they're putting in all the gear. So now the, the wall is full of stuff. And then the person following them, as they're climbing back up, they take out all the gear and put it on their own harness. Mm. And then once they both meet up uh, level, then the person who had just followed is now the leader. And then they put in all the gear and then, and then uh, they go back. So in sport climbing, it's a lot simpler. There's a lot less gear you need, but it's the same system. You have uh, uh, two carabiners on a short piece of webbing uh, that's called a quick draw, and you're hooking that into uh, anchors that people have previously drilled into the wall. So you're kind of trusting the community that like they've done this in the correct way, and it's not going to kill you if you fall on it. So the person leading just takes one of those quick draws. They hook one of the carabiners into the uh, hook that's already in the wall, and then they uh, take the rope that you're using to climb and hook it into the other side of the carabiner and then you keep climbing and so now there's a whole bunch of carabiners uh and then quick draws between the leader and the follower and then the follower follows back up and they unclip all those there are situations though where like you can't do the next move <laughs> like you're stuck and uh you can use a bail beaner or a a, uh, a carabiner to use if you need to bail uh, on the route so you would take like a cheaper bale beaner that you buy at home depot or something and you hook that in just wherever you happen to be and then you can uh ripple down from there you're not supposed to do that it's not safe yeah and you do have to leave that one up there right you do have to leave that one up there yeah yeah but then you know the the cost of failure is like whatever the the three or four dollars that 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 one carabiner cost so so if you're climbing do you see a bunch of these bale beaners like where people fail (laughs) you know like (laughs) it's it's a particular source of pride if like you get to a spot where there is a bale beater so (laughs) you you know that someone gave up at that point and you pass it (laughs) and then you get a free carabiner so uh yeah yeah that's funny yeah cool sounds like a fun trip uh i'm very excited uh chris that's all i got that's all i got too then i'll see you not next week but the week after and uh, i'm about to talk about that with you Uh,